0: hello i'm sarah and i'm joanna and we are your therapists next
1: door join us as we demystify therapy and destigmatize mental health every episode we interview a healer
0: pushing against the status quo it's sometimes serious sometimes funny most times educational yeah i like that special thanks as usual to one of our top contributing patrons today katie thank you as always for your support therapist next our podcast is 100% listener funded and commits that we will never work with advertisers. We don't believe that it is our business or our job to tell you what kind of mattress to buy. or encourage you to give money to a place that'll give you daily silence. Because we believe that labor should be paid. We ask that listeners who are able to contribute contribute what they can. So that we can continue to be a platform to clinicians who further destigmatize mental health and demystify therapy.
1: Every episode we thank one of our top contributing patrons. Thank you again, Katie. Learn more about perks and ways to support Joanna and Sarah, that's myself and Sarah. At patreon.com slash T N D podcast. That's patreon.com slash T N D P-O-D-C-A-S-T. For easy access, visit our Instagram at TND Pod and find the link in our bio. Now, Sarah, let's get on to our show. This week, we welcome Julie Sherwood, who works as a trauma therapist, a licensed creative art therapist, a master ART clinician, and ART trainer,
0: and board-certified music therapist. Go. Welcome everyone to Therapists Next Door, the podcast that shows you the human side of your friendly neighborhood care worker. We do this by interviewing revolutionary helpers and healers, asking questions you want the answers to, and answering questions you didn't know you had.
1: I'm Joanna. I'm a board-certified music therapist and a licensed professional counselor in the state of Pennsylvania. I am a white, straight, cisgendered female, and my pronouns are she, they, and I have uh, been making a lot of dishcloths lately. Knitting them up, crocheting them up, Not really anything funny, but something nice that I'm doing.
0: I think that's really great. I think that the use of dishcloths is not as prominent as I'd like it to be. So thank you for not just using them, but sustainably making them.
1: Listen, uh, we have bought some reusable paper towels from the reusable store in my neighborhood. And they have cut down on our use of child wipes, like a tenfold for, like, wiping weird, you know, yogurt mouths and all that sort of stuff. They're super nice. And I honestly like cleaning with, like, a cloth better than a paper towel. Sorry, like, paper towel use also is like, yeah. And paper towels are expensive. So, what's not the yarn I already have in my house? So,
0: they are. And yogurt mouth across ages so is hard to clean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and yogurt, should, hands. Yogurt, <laughs> yogurt hands yogurt <next>. necks <laughs> somehow like a yogurt toe I don't yogurt yeah, hair it can get everywhere I we compost paper towels yeah. I, I may get an angry email about that about paper towels being dyed but whatever we, we buy recycled ones we use them minimally and then compost the ones we do use when I go to people's houses and I say like hey do you have like a tea towel? So I can dry my hands or dry this dish that I'm not because I'm trying to be a good guest and people don't have tea towels out. You know, I there's like a lot of questions that come up for me. I'm not going to say any of those questions out loud. I don't feel like they're very understanding. or very empathetic. Just get a tea towel. Yeah. Put yeah, like hook, I was hang like, it
1: on your sink. When I go towel. on vacation, I'm just going to get some towels, you know? That'll be my thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, I just turned my lights and now I look like I'm at a campfire. Uh, yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, and not using paper towels for like putting wet strawberries on. Just use a towel, tea towel and then throw it in the wash. I do wash every day anyway.
0: So I love washing my linens that I use for napkins with my tea towels. It's mm-hmm. the best. It's the best. And anyway, I'm Sarah. <laughs> I have an LPC from Pennsylvania, that's a licensed professional counselor. I have a transplant from South Jersey. My pronouns are she, her, and I saw a video of myself yesterday from when I was 15. Ooh. And I'm not well. Oh. Listen, the, the, and you know, I'm remembering, Joan, I don't know if you scrunched your hair ever, but when I was in high school, my hair was you know, down to mid back. It was very long, and I'd scrunch it. So I'd use half a bottle of LA Looks gel, and I'd scrunch my hair, and it looked gorgeous. I'd wear my, like, <laughs> You know silver hoops, my eyebrows were very thin like I, I looked I looked good <laughs> <laughs> and and it was it was a video of as we've talked about sports night which I could get into one another day or maybe a bonus episode because it's uniquely interesting to only a few people. Uh, yeah I've never heard of this and so now I'm but in like, you know in the episode. interview I heard I I heard my the like the accent, my Burlington County Southern New Jersey accent and it was beautiful, it's a beautiful 15 year old, but is what I would say if I were watching that and not myself. It was really difficult to watch. I don't know how there's no other recordings of me from when I was fifteen being snarky and it was uh it was very strange, but yeah, got a lot of giggles out of me.
1: That's good. I'm glad it got giggles and not like, oh no. What exposure therapy for you too. And the
0: outfit I was wearing, it was a so we were dressed as cheerleaders the theme was around the world in 80 days so we i had a leotard on with a flag from italy and this big <laughs> okay <laughs> this big like sequin skirt any there's there's no reason for it i mean it's very in now to be should be we wearing a leotard but you know at the time the discomfort also was taller than everybody so imagine the discomfort but you know again beautiful young woman <laughs> I'm just gonna say it <laughs> until I believe that my partner yeah has advisory, so that was that was comforting. that's good I recently my niece is participating in the same activity at my former high school that I'm describing and seeing seeing the youth it, it's it's like a you know it is a program for girls like traditionally I know that any anything for like one gender is like becoming less and less less necessary was it for necessary I don't know but anyway, the the concept of Sports Night was made 75 years ago when there were no sports available at my high school for women. So they started Sports Night, and it has turned into dances and sports and yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. I've always been pro Italy. And yeah, that will stick <laughs> Good to me. know. <laughs> Stay with me forever.
1: I think the scariest thing would be to find a video that I was where I was unaware that I was being filmed as a 15 year old. I think that would be more upsetting than the actual videos that I know are out there. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know if I've talked about like the video of me playing Jesus before in like a...
0: Jesus, Lover of My Soul?
1: No, it was a... Uh, I can't remember the song, but it was like the skit that my youth group did to a particular song, and I was Jesus in the skit because I could do the choreography. And uh, I had similar hair, similar hair to the I have now, I guess... Mm-hmm. You could say, Jesus, he likes
0: hair. I don't Absolutely know. <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, his hair length always varies in depictions of him. I mean, he's always so he's of a certain complexion that maybe he yes. know, definitely wasn't. But his hair length does feel accurate.
1: Yeah. And probably my hair parted right down the middle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we traveled around and did it. And the lives we led. And I love it. And I'm embarrassed by it. But I also love it. Good job.
0: Oh, I love that version of you i'm this version of you and, <laughs> and it, it's easy to love <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh, how
1: clean are your floors i
0: want you and i have no recollection of the the dirt on my floors, so i feel fine what about your floors
1: great i um i know the floors in my house usually <laughs> because my baby wears something white <laughs> and he crawls around in his little belly you're like oh that's a dirty floor uh, so, but so the the other day I
0: was reading I'm reading a book right now about like feminist uh, women's rights in medieval Europe, and they were like, yeah, the women were supposed to keep house, and I was like, oh my god, I hadn't like this is another one of those make like a tree and leaf moments because I did not know that housekeeping uh, was like they kept house. Yeah, good boy.
1: Well, there, that that cleaned your floors up right there. Oh my
0: god, yeah. So my
1: metaphorical. <laughs> My medical floor goes, uh floors are clean. Excellent. And uh, why don't we stay tuned after our quick, tiny break for our lesson for today?
0: And now it's time for our lesson. A lesson is compiled facts describing history and recurrent events good and bad, or in between, in order to give context for the field our guest works in. Joanna, we have one source for today, acceleratedresolutiontherapy.com. No content warnings for today. Joanna, let's talk a little bit about accelerated resolution therapy, or ART, is a unique approach to psychotherapy. An ART therapist guides the client to replace the negative images in their mind that cause the symptoms of post-traumatic stress with positive images of the client's choosing. I love this. Hmm. And this is done quickly, most often within one session. Whoa. I can't wait to hear more about this. Yeah. Once the negative images have been replaced by positive ones, the triggers will be gone. Nightmares and repeated intrusive thoughts will stop. ART incorporates a combination of techniques used in many other traditional psychotherapies, including gestalt, psychodynamic therapy, and guided imagery. ART works directly to reprogram the way in which distressing memories and images are stored in the brain so that they no longer trigger strong physical and emotional reactions. ART accomplishes this through the use of rapid eye movements similar to eye movements that occur during dreaming. And this is a very similar approach or the same approach used in EMDR therapy. Although techniques similar to these are used in other types of therapies, ART's very specific and direct approach can achieve rapid recovery from symptoms and reactions that may have been present for years.
1: With these therapies combined with ART's eye movements and other ART enhancements, many mental health problems outside of PTSD can also be resolved quickly. Among the things ART can deal with are OCD, eating disorders, generalized anxiety, and depressive disorders. ART can deal with traumas often associated with dyslexia, but also go beyond that to improve reading. It is evidence based that eye movements are calming and therapeutic. It has been shown that they produce theta waves in the brain. Theta waves have been connected to creativity, intuition, and daydreaming. These brain waves are often present during meditative states. One of the special aspects of ART is that when clients replace their negative images with positive ones, there's no need to speak about any details of the trauma. This is because ART is procedural, though creative, and the client is really in control of the process, while the ART therapist is a helpful guide. This makes the therapy easier on the client and easier on the therapist. Although some traumatic experiences, such as sexual assault, combat, or loss of a loved one can be very painful to visualize, Early in the ART session, the client has already rapidly moved beyond the place where they are stuck in these past experiences and is making positive changes of their choice. ART sessions are coming for the client and very often joyful, especially at the end for both the client and the therapist.
0: I love that this is empowering. I love that there is joy. I love that there's choice and I'm ready to learn more.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to talk to our interviewee for today. Stay tuned after this break, and you will most
0: likely hear it. For more than 20 years, Julie has been passionate about helping people heal from trauma. She wants everyone to know trauma is a natural part of life, and it really is possible to heal and thrive after traumatic experiences. Julie embraces holistic therapies that are uplifting, creative, and empowering. As a natural born seeker, she spent her career learning many different modalities and has become a passionate advocate for accelerated resolution therapy or ART because she's found it to be the most effective and gentle technique for overcoming trauma and post-traumatic stress. With ART, people enjoy accessing their inner wisdom and creativity and can achieve full resolution of symptoms and triggers without talking about traumatic details. I love that. Julie also facilitates wellness groups and workshops for healthcare facilities and corporations throughout the country, empowering people with tools and practices for better health, happiness, and inner harmony. In addition to being a master certified ART therapist, Julie is also a board certified music therapist and a practitioner of somatic therapies, EFT, and other holistic approaches. Welcome, Julie. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Thank
2: you. It's nice to be here. Nice
1: to have you. Um can you tell us a little bit about what brought you into therapy? And you said you were a seeker. Like what what led you to therapy and then to I mean also music therapy because both of us are music therapists, but but then Thanks. ART, yeah.
2: Um you know, I've always been really interested in trauma when I was a like a teenager probably which was in the 80s um my father went back to school and he started bringing psychology textbooks into our house and so i can remember laying on the couch on my stomach just going through all these you know college level textbooks as a kid and something about ptsd just really caught my eye Um, mostly we were talking about vietnam veterans with ptsd back then in the mental health field and it was interesting to me to see that we were pretty stumped about what we could possibly do to help we're kind of throwing medications at it but not really finding techniques that were very helpful and i just remember being struck as i read about it that it seemed to me like it had to be possible to heal from something like that like there was just something in my core that could not believe that you could be as young as some of those people were and just have the whole rest of your life ruined by the traumatic experiences you'd had. So I don't know, it just kind of lit a fire in me. I read everything I could ever read. And I just stayed really interested in it. And that's how I ended up learning different techniques and things I started as a a body worker, actually learning somatic therapies along with the actual bodywork techniques, and realized that I was much more interested in using the somatic processes to help people with stress and trauma and anxiety than I was in just this sort of mainstream Swedish massage kind of approach. And I just kind of kept searching from there and it felt like as our field progressed and as research progressed and as we became better able to use technology like fMRIs and things like that and really understand what was happening in the brain after trauma, we had better and better approaches kind of come into the field. And so I was just always curious to see what worked well and how did it work and let me learn this and try this. And, you know, so I just kind of went through this process of learning a bunch of different things until, you know, ART was the one, I feel like our field has often taken the attitude that we can help people cope with symptoms after trauma, but we can't really resolve the trauma or get rid of the symptoms and so i think until we started with memory consolidation therapies we just you know it was just teaching people to cope and now we have emdr and brain spotting and art and those things that really change the way the information is stored in the limbic brain and the nervous system and that that really makes such a huge difference for people so it's exciting to me now to feel like um I'm not watching a client sit in front of me suffering and feeling like my hands are tied and I don't know how to help, you know, I actually know how to help now. And I've seen ART just produce incredible results for people. So it's been just really exciting to me to realize that after all this time, finding different things and trying different things and sort of feeling like each new thing was a little better than the last thing, but not quite there yet. You know, it's just nice to know that we now have some things available in our field that can really help people overcome trauma. And, I hope that we will get stronger messages out there to people that they really can overcome trauma and that it's not just about coping.
0: That's incredible. As you were speaking, I was thinking about like going back to the Vietnam War piece, like how much really changed after and during the Vietnam War, you know, and an aftermath of this was that PTSD was added to the DSM-5. Like we thought about soldiers differently. We, we didn't, Recall, we didn't like regale them as heroes for the first time, they were human beings for the first time, right? Thinking right. about how soldiers in the seventies who participated in those conflicts were not allowed even to get services from the VA until after the eighties, like this big shift that happened in humanizing people that were experience experiencing like real on paper symptoms of PTSD. Right. And thinking about this fairly compassionate approach that you're speaking about beautifully with that involves you giving people the option to live without this and not just manage it 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 sounds like it makes the therapy also just more appealing than relieving to people
2: right right well especially when you have an approach where people don't have to describe their trauma you know they can they're really tapping into their own ability to shift and change these things and lose their symptoms so i feel like it's really client-centered and it's really empowering and you know, I think of myself as there's there's kind of a, a, a protocol process with ART. So I'm just sort of the guide, giving them the next step or guiding their eye movements or whatever it is. But they really get to do whatever their mind knows is the right thing for them tap into their own creativity and their own beliefs about what's healing for them and so that's really profound to me to see that happen where it's like somebody's opened up their own inner wisdom their own inner ability to heal and really done it for themselves and i've just kind of held a space and walked them through some steps you know
0: when we were doing our research about ART, you know, there's a lot of a lot of talk about replacing a negative image with a positive one. Can you speak a little bit about what that would look like either with an example or just what the process like that is like for a patient? yeah so the whole process
2: kind of involves we're using eye movements while they view whatever the traumatic event is that they want to process out because that bilateral stimulation from the eye movements really helps change the way the brain wants to store the memory and so you know we've we've learned i think one of the reasons we finally have therapies like this is that we learned over the years that memories aren't fixed and as soon as you pull a memory into mind and and kind of remember it, it becomes subject to change. So we're making it subject to change but we're not forcing it to be subject to change. We're just sort of having them run through it and the reason they don't have to talk out loud is we just do it as like a movie in ART. So they're kind of just running through their scene, their movie. With the eye movements, which is already starting to sort of open up that memory and make it subject to change. And then there comes a point in the process where we do, um, Lainey Rosenzweig is the one who developed ART. And so she likes to call it positizing, where we actually invite them to rewrite that memory however they want, but um, we don't tell them how. And so some people will rewrite it and completely replace it with like it never happened. Other people find that what comes through for them is that, you know, maybe they just need to kind of understand the event differently, uh, forgive somebody for something. And so that's where I think it's really powerful that they do whatever works best for them. And the eye movement seem to really unlock some inner knowing about what that thing is. So so it's like they get to kind of redirect their movie. In fact, we call it a director scene when we do it. So they're getting to redirect their movie and make changes along the way.
1: I think it's so beautiful, the idea of finding your own way to heal, because I do feel like a lot of of just like general psychotherapy is like, this is the one way and it's done this way. And then you will be like this afterwards. And when that is not true for everybody, also grounded in so many, you know, so many isms as well and I like this idea of of empowering them
0: to work through their trauma mm-hmm. yeah Joanna I'm thinking about that like like really heavy colonial framework of this ha- this has to work for everybody because this is how you know one group of people have experienced healing from it um, and like what a nice relief to offer this to people in a different way
2: yeah yeah Julie,
0: can you talk a little bit, I don't want to assume, but are you, do you incorporate music therapy into ART therapy at all, ever? Not, not really.
2: Um, There, it's a little difficult to incorporate them, but I have, one thing we do is we often, um, teach clients how to use the eye movement process for themselves as a tool. So not not to process a memory, we would never want them to just try to do that on their own. But in ART, we use eye movements combined with imagery to help them process out sensations. So it helps to alleviate anxiety or fear or sadness. And we can teach that to them as a tool that they can use for themselves. And so I have on occasion, um, it's a little difficult sometimes for people to do the eye movements in rhythm and hold the image on their own when they're not being guided. So I have just experimented a little from client to client with what helps them be able to do it for themselves. And um, I have made audio recordings with soothing music that they liked in the background and just kind of talked them through the eye movements. So it's like they have a little eye movement meditation to listen to. I also have some clients that have found that if they play a favorite song in their head, it gives them the rhythm to keep those eye movements going to that. And then they're also getting you know, the benefits of the song and the association that they have with the song. So more like in the in the self help tools category, I I've found some ways of kind of incorporating music into the process.
1: How does somebody become certified as an ART therapist?
2: Uh, it's a three day training and there's really no more that's required after that which is great because it's sort of protocol based it's pretty easy and simple to learn so in those three days you can understand the principles behind the eye movements and like the sort of the basic science of it and how and why it works Um, watch some examples of some sessions and then do some practicum with it so that everybody really gets to try it out and and work with it Um, so yeah it's a three-day training we do them in person Uh, They're all over the country. There's a list up on the ART website, which is um, acceleratedresolutiontherapy.com. So easy to find. Uh, You just look under the basic training. And the basic training is really the core protocol. There is another level, but you'd easily be able to work with trauma, depression, anxiety, grief, pretty much anything a therapist might want to be able to use ART for. You will know everything you need to know to really do that effectively at the end of those
0: three days. Can you speak a little bit to you know if you have a if you have a niche of people that seek you out for treatment like what what is a typical person coming to you with? Obviously, clients have just can have just a plethora of different different struggles that they are bringing to a therapist. But what do you see like in your area in the state to the clients that you serve or patients?
2: I think it's kind of shifted a little bit over time. I mean, I've always really been specialized in trauma, stress, anxiety, that kind of stuff. Um, Since I started using ART, people are usually specifically seeking me out to process out trauma to overcome PTSD. Um, And that could be anything from single incident traumas like car accidents, medical trauma, uh, violent crimes those kinds of things to more like complex PTSD developmental trauma uh, childhood abuse those kinds of things I do a little bit of work with people who come just for depression and anxiety too um, which you know we often find an underlying trauma that has led to those anyway but sometimes they're more more purely depression and anxiety but mostly for me it's people who have, um maybe heard about art think that it might be something that could work for them wanna overcome some symptoms that they've been left with after they've been through a traumatic event
1: that's i i think it's valuable that this is this is something that can be used with ptsd and cptsd because they are quite different and again it's when you were talking about how kind of our understanding of ptsd is so new it was making me think of like, what have we been doing for all of human history? Because trauma has been present. I don't know if this is a question or just like something that's on my mind, but like what, you know, how how have we been treating trauma before our like Western ideas of treating trauma too?
2: Right. Well, I know that in those early days, we were, we're talking about PTSD from combat trauma. Yeah. In the early days, medications were the most common thing. Um, anxiolytics antidepressants and things like that. And efforts at talk therapy that were usually just re-traumatizing people instead of making it better but also most of the field was talk therapy back then there wasn't you know i mean there were some fringe somatic therapies and things like that but i feel like mainstream mental health then was really just talk therapy based you know and it wasn't helping you know it was re-traumatizing people and then i think a lot of people came away and thought well i must be broken because i was told this was the thing that would work like to to reference what sarah was just saying i was told this was the way to do it i went to therapy and i felt worse instead of better so i guess there's no hope for me you know when we really just didn't have the best approach yet we hadn't figured out what that was
0: you know that's so wild to think about just incorporating what you're both speaking about i mean joanna you know War has been. uh, I mean, we know about war, recorded war, at least since before the Roman Empire, (laughs) and we're talking about just the last 100 years, 150 years, where, where the we are just starting, like beginning to accept that having this heavy, heavy trauma is, you know, not a early death sentence. It's not, you know, is not a sentence to have a short life that is full of dissatisfaction and full of health complications due to trauma. And, yeah. and we are still kind of forcing this on people, I mean, especially like male gendered and like, you know, male presenting and mass presenting folks, just this, this experience of, well, you know, this is this is part of the trade of, this is the trade off of being in this body that you have to actually hold this on top of all the pressure that you're already holding. Obviously it's a very male experience, but now that now that we have all genders experiencing this exposure to this type of trauma, you know, this this sentence in your intro Julie about knowing that trauma is a natural part of life is very liberatory. Or just right. accepting that trauma does not have to be this singled out experience. It is, like you said, something that we very likely are not identified with that gave us great stress in our early years. Right. Yeah. I think
2: it's so important to normalize that for people. I have so many clients who come in and first of all, I think The general public has a better understanding that combat veterans may have PTSD, but they don't necessarily transfer that over to the civilian population and recognize that any of us could go through any kind of trauma and and we're all going to go through trauma before our lives are over. It's it is really just the nature of life. And that for any one of those experiences, we could be stuck with symptoms, we could have full blown PTSD, or we could have anywhere on that spectrum of dealing with symptoms and feeling like our quality of life has been damaged after a traumatic experience. And, you know, it never ceases to amaze me how much people can beat themselves up because they just don't know how normal it is to have those kinds of experiences and symptoms after a traumatic event. And I've had more people in my office from things like medical trauma or car accidents or things like that say, you know, I read this article and I thought, boy, they're talking about PTSD and it kind of sounds like what I'm experiencing, but I can't be because I'm not a combat veteran. Like there's still very much that attitude out there which keeps people from help and, You know causes a lot of guilt and shame because they wonder what's wrong with them that they're feeling the way that they are when it's completely normal to have these kinds of reactions after we go through traumatic experiences
0: yeah absolutely and to breaking it down even further too you know i I can't have ptsd i'm not a combat veteran or i can't have you know relational trauma you know i wasn't physically abused or you know i can't a because of b because it was not present enough for me Um, right And just like thinking about how so many stigmatized experiences go, go into us culturally disqualifying somebody's trauma and their subsequent systems because we, we don't accept, we don't accept that it was, (laughs) that it is something that we should care for or care about. Right.
2: Yeah. I think we really have to honor that if a person is in pain over any experience, it counts It doesn't, you don't have to hold it up and compare it to someone else's. You don't have to say, well, I don't know why I'm having this experience because my trauma is not as big as my neighbor's trauma. It doesn't matter, right? If you're in pain, you deserve relief from your pain period, right?
0: Yeah. Are you able to do ART
1: with teletherapy? Or do they have to be in person sessions?
2: Um, Quite a few of us do it as teletherapy. Um, Everybody kind of finds their own technique for making it work via teletherapy, but the eye movements aren't that complicated. So I think the bigger issue is just making sure that you feel that person is safe to do it with you when they're not in the same room with you. Um, and everybody kind of has their own approaches for that, you know, more careful assessment or a longer intake process or making sure there's someone in the home with them, that kind of thing. But it can definitely be done via telehealth. Um, Lainey really never did it via telehealth until the pandemic hit. So she really advocated for it as just an in-person therapy, I think mostly because of the safety concern. But when the pandemic hit, it kind of you know, we all didn't want to, everybody was having more trauma, everybody needed more support. So we all kind of had to figure out how to make that work. So yeah, you know, everybody's kind of figured that process out. And I know a lot of people do EMDR online. So it's pretty much, you know, whatever, whatever works to guide the eye movements for people online. A lot of the apps with the balls can be used. Um, Some people use their hands just across the screen to guide the eye movements. So it just depends on preferences.
0: Yeah, after after March twenty twenty, Mdria and the other EMDR therapy training groups immediately updated all of their trainings to accommodate for telehealth. It's pretty, it's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, that is nice.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it.
2: And I, you know, I I was a little reticent to do it at first. I would try to get someone in for a first session, and then if there was follow up, I would do it online. So I really knew them, and I kind of had that first session with them and then you know just got to the point where that wasn't practical either and i realized it didn't seem to be necessary and what i found was that clients in many cases feel safer in their own home you know they're curled up in bed in their pajamas with their cat on their lap or something that just really feels safe and grounding for them and then when they're done they don't have to go out and deal with traffic or whatever kind of stressors are out there so i found that people were really appreciating doing it that
0: way quite a bit yeah i really appreciate doing emdr therapy sessions while my cat is on my lap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like having that mirrored experience. I mean, yeah. I really dig that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And and that's all part of making therapy accessible for people too, right? Mm-hmm. And sort of destigmatizing everything. Like, of course you can come in your pajamas if you feel comfortable and safe that way. Of course you can have your cat in the room, right? You do what works for you and what you feel safe with.
1: Yeah, it, it was just making me think of like times when I you know, had a particularly emotional session in, in my own therapy when I was going in person and just, like, having to be on the bus after that, like, Ugh. uh... <laughs>
2: yeah, that's not fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, no one look at me!
2: <laughs>
1: Although the bus was a very good uh way for us to... It, it was also... The bus is also a very good learning experience of, like, how I hold anger and, and things like that. So... <laughs>
0: I can can see see how how that would be. (laughs) Yeah, you can also kind of disappear on public transportation too, depending on how you know many folks are commuting. But I've been crying on a bus, and I was definitely not the only one crying on that bus. Yeah, Julie, could you talk to us a little bit about these the wellness groups and the workshops for healthcare facilities and corporations?
2: Yeah, so where I do still use a lot of music therapy is when I do groups and workshops and things like that. I started doing a lot of those online during the pandemic too. I was really excited to realize I could transition music therapy groups over to an online format and still have them work really well. So you know, I do a lot of things that are like teaching. I, I like to give tools to people. I like people to feel empowered to come away from a group experience with something they can use again for themselves and not only get benefit when they're in the group, So I teach some vagus nerve stimulation exercises that help people with stress and anxiety. Um, I teach various music therapy techniques that could be used, that they could use for themselves. And then I also do music therapy experiences. Like we might do some receptive relaxation interventions together, and then I might teach them how they could... Create a relaxing playlist for themselves. Um, I really enjoy doing song discussions with people in groups like that because they just really get into a lot of fun and creativity. Like, sort of demonstrating for them how when you personalize the musical choices, it really makes a difference for you. So, I might go through and ask them you know a a song that makes you think of a happy event in your life and then this wonderful conversation ensues with the group and then we kind of end up being able to put a fun playlist together and all play together and so when i moved those to zoom i started doing the the found sounds i don't know if you've heard christine stevens likes to call them found sounds she she does a lot of drum circle groups she works with health rhythms um, she put out some really wonderful videos when the pandemic first started that kind of showed some ways you might move playing online and those were super helpful for me. So I have to really give her credit. I kind of experimented and explored until I figured out what worked, but a lot of it was inspired by getting some ideas from her. And so half the fun, because it's really creative to find your found sounds in your home too, it's to say, okay, we're gonna play along to a bunch of music now, um, go find something like this is my favorite found sound of mine. This is a a metal thermos and a spatula and it sounds like a cowbell. Right, so that just, that one makes me happy. I play that one a lot. You know, I was working with oncology groups and MS groups. And so I might say like, why don't you grab a couple of pill bottles and turn them into shakers and have fun with them? Like that kind of thing just became really fun and creative and interactive. And it was a chance for people who were stuck at home because of the pandemic to get on Zoom and feel like we were all together. And it's a little bit of an odd experience to play music together on Zoom. And yet when you see yourselves all in the square, like bopping your heads in time, and everyone's entrained with each other, you totally feel like you're in the same room together making music. So I just found a lot of fun and kind of exploring and experimenting until I came up with some processes like that that worked. So I've done some for the VA. Um, I've done them for a couple of different hospital systems with oncology patients, MS patients, like I mentioned. I'm about to do one for a new organization for um, caregivers of oncology patients. So. Yeah, I just really enjoy doing that kind of stuff. And sometimes some team building for corporations too. Just you know, everybody can zoom in from their desk or from where they're working from home and do a little bit of playing together and team building together and relaxing together, take some stress relief techniques out to use for themselves. So that was a fun development that came from the pandemic for me. I I'm not a tech person and I never dreamed that I would be able to move some of that stuff online, but when I had to have to love necessity you know i had (laughs) to i had to and i kind of figured it out i was actually working with um a group of veterans in new york when the pandemic hit and it was really important to us through that program to not abandon them at that time and it was a music therapy program so that's really what motivated me to figure out how i could bring them all together as a group and and make the music process work for
0: them for our non-music therapist listeners could you explain entrainment
2: Yes, entrainment is that wonderful thing that happens when whatever external rhythm you're listening to in your music, makes all your internal rhythms in your body sync up to it. So you probably use entrainment all the time if you listen to music when you work out, because you'll find yourself moving at the same speed as the music. So it'll keep you going when you're on the treadmill or you know, out, out jogging or something like that. And in music therapy, we can use entrainment to move the opposite direction to where we're going to meet you where you are, and then gradually slow down your heart rate, slow down your respiration by by using gradually slower and slower music. So you can build a playlist for yourself and, and kind of replicate that process where you go from like a more moderate song and kind of work your way down through maybe like a five song playlist that gets you slower calmer that sort of thing it's easier for us to change our internal state when we meet ourselves where we are first and then make a gradual change so that's the real power of entrainment and in live music therapy when you actually have a music therapist there we can create music that matches the pace that you're at and sort of gradually move you down if we're trying to help you relax or gradually move you sort of up in speed if we are trying to help boost your energy or boost your mood so yeah, and it's amazing to see how that is one of the benefits of group music making, group drumming, group singing, is that we really all get trained with each other. So it gives us um, a real sense of social connection, and interaction. So that was a really valuable thing to be able to do for people who were home alone, but could see themselves on a screen with everybody. And You know, we just naturally get moved by music because we entrained to it. So as soon as the beat goes, our head starts bopping, our toes starts bopping. And it's just fun to see that and get that sense of community, even in Zoom when you don't necessarily hear each other's music.
1: Yeah, I I was thinking about music therapy groups that I have done in the past and just like how connected everyone was through making music together. And those groups became almost like very special. And
2: yeah. Yeah, we started using more uh, like I might pull up a video on YouTube that we could play along to because that helped with the, the sound issue and us all kind of playing together. So I might just like share sound through Zoom or share a whole video sometimes and that was a thing I had never done in person was to just pull up a video, you know, we would as music therapists we were always kind of making the music ourselves right and encouraging the group to participate. And it was interesting, it was really kind of an interesting addition to the group, maybe watching the musicians actually play their instruments in the video, or Um, seeing some beautiful scenery at a time when we were all stuck at home and we weren't really out in the world, you know, so that kind of added to the whole sensory experience of everything. And it was kind of a neat thing that I don't think I would have done otherwise if it, you know, hadn't been for trying to figure out how to transition.
1: Where can people find you for all of all of the various things that you provide? Where's the best place for someone to find you?
2: Uh, My website is Julie Sherwood wellness. So pretty easy and you can reach me through email or phone there send messages to me so I've got some of the different kinds of workshops and things like that listed up there as well as more information about ART and how it works and
0: who it's good for great thank you usually I ask a really annoying question about like what's one inspirational thing you could say to your patients or people seeking out but I'm wondering if it's, if it's less annoying, if I ask, you know, people considering ART or EMDR or something that is like a trauma approach that doesn't have to do with you, like essentially entering a confessional and saying all the details of your trauma out loud, right? What can you say to therapists and clinicians who are considering a similar therapeutic approach?
2: I cannot recommend ART highly enough. I absolutely love it. I am amazed at the results I've seen with clients. It is so nice to see a client feel better at the end of every session and not have to wait through several sessions to feel better or kind of leave feeling raw because of what we worked on. Um, and for from a therapist point of view, it really protects you from a lot of vicarious trauma to use an approach that not only does not have that person telling you all the details of what happened, but where you see their affect change throughout the process, and just become more and more positive, they look more and more calm and relaxed. They feel good at the end of the session. I mean, our goal really with the with the ART protocol is we're always ending on a positive, we're always ending with positive sensations and positive imagery that they can take away with them, even if it takes us a couple of sessions to resolve a trauma. And I would say, 85% of the time for me in my practice, uh, one session of ART will resolve a discrete trauma. Sometimes you have to clean up just a little bit of stuff in there in a couple more sessions, But, but regardless of whether we fully resolved everything in one session, we definitely come to a sense of positive closure in the session where the person leaves feeling safe and positive and uplifted and that is so gratifying as a therapist. To not only not have to really get dragged through all the traumatic details with your client, but just watch them go on their own healing journey like that and just be so, so much lighter and uplifted at the end.
0: Thank you. What a great, what a great point about our vicarious trauma. Yeah, obviously we, you know, we are equipped and we have our training to back us up, but we also are human beings and, and we're hearing about this from people that we care for, which, which adds to the, to the hurt. I mean, we are. You know, this is like fairly old school that we're trying to shed, of course. But this this idea that this is, you know, this is not your friend. This is not your family member. But but truly there needs to be love for your patient in order for you to care for them, in order for you to facilitate growth and healing. And sometimes it just really hurts and it sucks to hear about the pain that they've gone through. And that is not meant to be discouraging to any any therapy patient who's listening to this. Just if anything, just know that your your clinician cares for you. Um, They would not be doing this work for you if they did not care for you.
2: Yes, I appreciate you saying that because I just had a conversation with someone recently uh, about their impressions of therapy. And I think some people have had the experience of that sort of psychoanalytic kind of, like she literally said to me, I sat there for the entire session and he never spoke, right? Like that was the kind of therapy. He just never spoke and he just felt like this cold, aloof figure that, you know, I think it's important for our clients to know we we care about them. We really care about them, or we wouldn't be there trying to help them out. And it's important for them to know we're on their side, right? We're on their team. We're not sitting there judging them. We're 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 their cheerleader, right?
0: What a great point. Oh, well, Julie, it was such a pleasure to have you on. Are there any oh, final thoughts you. or? I I am still going to ask this question, inspirational things you'd like to say to, to our listeners.
2: Well, I know we covered some of that already, just talking about how you, you know, if you're in pain, get help. Right. You deserve that. You don't have to compare yourself to someone else. I think I just want people to know that it's normal to go through trauma and it's normal to have some negative symptoms, negative impact on your life after trauma. Um, I think of the Peter Levine quote where he says, you know, trauma is a fact of life, but it doesn't have to be a life sentence. And that's the part I really want people to know that you can heal trauma. You deserve to heal your trauma. There are techniques out there that are, that are not really painful and awful to go through. And I would say for ART, it's always worth a try because you know right away if it's working. So, you know, if you, you get in there and you start doing a session, you're going to know if it works for you. So I think it's really worth giving it a try. And since it's short term and it doesn't usually take very long, you know, it's really, it's a viable option for a lot of people to just try to get in there and process something through and feel better. So, yeah, I just want everyone to know trauma is normal. Your symptoms are normal whatever you've been through counts and i think we discount um medical traumas and car accidents and physical injuries and things a lot more than we should because those are very traumatizing and hard on the body and so i just want to normalize that if anyone's listening and they have been wondering if that's where something came from yeah medical trauma all of those kinds of things car accidents are so common and we can carry so many trauma symptoms after them you know that kind of stuff all counts and can be processed out pretty you know comparatively quickly and easily with something like art so it's definitely worth a shot
0: yeah, what a beautiful reminder our bodies are capable of handling so much physical pain and and that does not mean that we carry it easily afterwards
2: right yeah we can push through a lot we can survive a lot right and we're tough enough to just keep pushing through but that doesn't mean we have to, doesn't mean we have to suffer. You know, it doesn't mean we don't deserve to try to clear that stuff out so we can move forward with more freedom and more quality of life.
1: Well, again, thank you so much for talking with us today and uh, opening, opening our minds to ART therapy. It's definitely something I'm going to look into more. Um, I appreciate Mm -hmm. the, the, the lowered risk towards the therapist. Um, I think that's risk of vicarious trauma towards the therapist. I think that's, um,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. that makes a big difference. <laughs> yeah. Every time I see someone in a discussion group on Facebook or somewhere else saying they're getting really burned out and they're thinking of leaving the field, I just wanna be like, try art. Yeah, it's it. so uplifting that in the course of a day, you can just watch all your clients feel better that quickly. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah, I recommend checking it out cause it's not that big a time commitment or financial commitment since you can really learn it and master it in that three-day training.
0: That's great. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna post up about that big time. I'm yeah, and there'll be a link in,
1: in the show notes to the website that you mentioned um, that has all the information on it. Yeah.
0: Julie, keep doing the amazing work you're doing and thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. This was really wonderful. All right. Thank you for listening to the show. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. You can check us out on Instagram at TNT Pod or visit our website at TNTPodcast.com.
1: If you would like to support us in any way, please visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash d t n d Podcast. Sorry, that's patreon.com slash TND as in dinosaur podcast. Uh, you can email your questions to therapistsnextdoor at gmail.com. And also, if you'd like to be interviewed on the show, you can find that link uh, to a request form in our Instagram bio. Sarah, is there
0: anything you'd like to plug? Oh, TNT podcast. No, there. no. TeletherapyWithSarah.com <laughs> has some great blog posts uh, about survival- surviving um, happily in unhappy times. So give that a look. Um, you know, Productivity guilt is a great article to check out. This is all in my link tree. Joe and I also have established an Etsy shop. Once again, I like I like Woo! this one better. <laughs> nice. Uh, so leftist therapy tools, therapy tools for the revolutionary. It's rejecting rejecting uh, centric political views. And if you are ready to you know feel a little more radical in a good way, uh, mm-hmm. check out the store. Um, buy the stuff and share it with your community. Um, yeah. Joanna, any pluggy duggies for
1: you? Um, Uh, (laughs) I was also mentioned in an article about walk and talk therapy. It is behind paywalls. You got to like, by the magazine um but it's pretty cool and i feel like i sound pretty smart in there so um i am smart uh the (laughs) magazine is breathe magazine (laughs) it's a mindfulness magazine that's uh coming that comes out of the uk so um Mm -hmm. i also will link to that in our uh in our show notes as well pretty cool walk and talk therapy is awesome i really like it and uh make sure you wear sunscreen when you do walk and talk therapy uh as you might see by my red face from today because i did it yesterday so <laughs> um yeah that's that's where you can find me all right excellent
0: until next time joanna and everyone
1: we are your, your therapists. next time
0: see ya Bye. <laughs>